This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to this week's No One Ever podcast. I'm your host, James Bird. Uh, no Natalie Bromwell was this week. She thinks that skiing uh, in France is more important than both watching Burnley and talking about them on the internet. So instead, I've got Andrew Greaves uh, with me and Daniel Bentley, who's one of the co-founders of No One Ever uh, way back when. Um, first up, Newcastle game to talk about last Wednesday, um, a 1-1 draw, uh, a, a decent point, I guess, for the Clarets. Uh, but it wasn't a great performance from either side. Um, Dan, what did you think of the game as a whole? Uh, a bit of a slow one, really. Yeah, it was a drab affair. Um, they were, they were, they're a tough team to play against, and it's a, it's a tough place to go and play St. James Park. It's a, an intimidating atmosphere for the away fans and for the away side. So to get anything out of, uh, out of going up north is... Uh, is 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 an, is an achievement in this league. They've you know they're not the team that they were several several years ago, but they're they're still uh, a tough team. They've got an excellent manager, some uh, some talented young players. So uh, you know, end of the game, especially when you 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 score late on and get an equaliser, uh, that sort of it doesn't feel exactly like a win, but it, it's the way the the score line falls sometimes. If you score first and then you know, you end up uh, getting a draw at the end. You can feel disappointed, but scraping a draw at the death, uh, it, you know, it's 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 a good feeling. It's not the same as a win, um, but not too not too many complaints. Uh, especially, you know, we're we're, we're, t- we're discussing two games today, and um, you we'll discuss it in in detail. But this isn't a game that uh, we should dwell on for. Well, Burnley fans shouldn't dwell on for too long. You know, it's not there wasn't a miss, big missed opportunity. Uh, got something out of it, can't complain. Yeah, I agree with that. From uh, from Daniel, I think, you know, you go up there and you think, right, if you get a point, quite happy, you know, looking at the run we've been on, you know, we've had City, United, Liverpool, Spurs in this kind of really sticky run, you know, Newcastle, intimidating place, they've not been on the best run themselves, not an easy place to go, I think, yeah, you just take it on the chin, take a nice 1-1, I and mean, I think you get that momentum from, you know, getting a late winner or a late equaliser, it's completely different to, you know, the demoralising effect of conceding late on like we've had a few times. So, yeah, I'm I'm relatively happy with that. I think, you know, if you can win your own games, draw your away games, then you, uh, you're going to do all right. I think it's a good point, actually. Anything late on in a game that's in your team's favour almost makes it automatically feel like a win. Um, 
there's nothing quite like that, that last gasp sort of uh, robbery of a, a team that looked like they were getting a result. Um, it was the first time I've been to St James's Park, and, and I think it's a good point to make that it is quite a got an air about it, even though Newcastle obviously aren't the team that they were uh, in years gone by. There's still good support there. The fans I thought were really good, got behind them. Um, and, you know, the, just the size of the stadium, I think, probably makes it quite an intimidating place for away teams to come and play. Um, I'm sure it's not what affected Phil Bardsley, but another poor performance, I thought, from from the right back. Um, he's one who's, I think, definitely become the scapegoat for the fans, um, but he's given away a penalty. It, it's a really poor challenge, I think. It's it's rash. He, he jumps in um, and he never really had a chance of winning the ball in that area. In fact, if anything, the, the player's running it out of play and he's probably best just trying to shepherd him away from uh, the penalty box. Nick Port makes a great save to, to keep keep the goal, uh, sorry, keep the game goalless. Um, but, Andrew, what did you think of both Phil Barsley conceding the penalty and obviously the, the, the Nick Pope save? Yeah, I think Nick's Nick's made a good save. You know, I think he I think he said it was his first penalty save since he was on loan at Bury a good few years ago or at Bury a good few years ago. So, you know, it kind of adds to his uh, repertoire, if you will. He's turning into a you know very fine goalkeeper. Uh, we don't concede very many, um, you know, City and Spurs aside. Um, but yeah, like you say, you know, player of Barsley's experience to to give away that penalty, I thought it was a bit rash. But I do think Barsley kind of lives on that edge a little bit. I think if you look at you know, if you were to get a YouTube compilation of all the times Bardsley's either been sent off, um, you know, been booked for a foul, given away a penalty, or given away a free kick in a dangerous area, I think you'll see a, a, a pattern emerging. He's just that kind of player. But um, like you say, he's you know become a bit of a scapegoat for a, for a few sections of the fans. But I, actually, I think he's done all right since he came in. If I'm really honest, I think you know he's that workman-like performer that. Dice knows if he's called upon, will always kind of give hundred percent. You know, perhaps sometimes his enthusiasm pushes him over that line a little bit. And I was saying after the Stoke game, that horrible, turgid, wet, windy, damp one nil. That the only person I think in the whole stadium will have enjoyed that would be Phil Barzi because he's that kind of player. Dan, have you got anything to to add on Phil Barzi's general performance and you know giving away the penalty? Yeah, I mean, Andrew makes a good point there about Barsley and that he, you know, he he did, it, he's great in those situations where you're playing a Stoke and you need a, a workman-like player at, the, at, uh, at right back. Um, but since then, we've played a lot of teams that play with a bit more flair, uh, pace on the wings, and he's, he's, he struggles against teams like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm one of the people that's been scapegoating him. Uh, he hasn't impressed me really at all since he, he came in and I've I've been crying out for, for Lawton to come back in since he's been fit um, and obviously now Bars is injured and that's been forced on Daesh but uh, I, I just I really haven't seen why, why Daesh has been kept with him as long as he has uh, you know very very poor for the penalty uh, and uh, I think we I think we're better now that Lawton's back inside obviously we don't have a a solid backup there, but uh, it, it, it sometimes those decisions, you know, those things get forced on you. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing more Matt Loughton. I think it's a, a fair point to make that Phil Bardsley is a, a sign in the summer uh, when I think most fans obviously expect us to be in the bottom half of the table. Maybe it makes more sense than it does now where we find ourselves where we are. Uh, you know, he's Workman-like, I think, as Dash put it before, he's got a manliness about him. And I think if we were battling it out at the bottom of the table, um, 
you know the, the sort of way he plays might be suiting suiting us more. Um, but now we we sort of elevated our game a little bit. I think it, we we just left looking a little bit for a little bit more. Um, you know, I don't think he's anywhere near as good going forward as uh, Lawton is, but we'll definitely get onto that with the, with the City game. Um, and he, he just picks up a lot of cards and I think he has the rash challenge in him. Um, he's done okay in a few games, but I think there's been a couple of goals now that he's, you know, been to blame for. And that penalty would have been one if it hadn't been for, for Nick Pope's heroics. Um but obviously, I don't want to put too much scorn on the the guy. Now he's uh, injured, and it, it almost feels a little bit harsh. Um, moving on to bad defending from someone other than Phil Bardsley, uh, the Newcastle goal. Kevin Long loses his man um, and leaves a pretty easy header. To be honest, I think Kevin Long's been an interesting one because he's come in for for Tarkovsky when he's been unavailable, and I think he's played pretty. Pretty okay, but he's ones that, that some fans like to to give a little bit of stick to. I think partly because obviously we didn't sign a, a, another centre half, and that's a, a bit of a sore point for for many many Clarets. But in the in the the main, he's been pretty pretty good. I think uh, Andrew, what what have you thought about uh, Kevin Long? And obviously, it's disappointing he's, he's let his man go there. But I think on the whole, he's not been awful. I think he's he's a bit of a typical dice player, really, in that. Um, he, he does divide opinion a little bit. I, I, I really like Longy. I think he's, you know, always done all right when called upon. You know, I think this season he's, he's played in some of the biggest games. You know, I think he was um, probably one of our best players away at Man United, maybe, at, uh, at Old Trafford. Um, you know, he's, he's played against some big teams and, you know, yes, against Newcastle, he did lose his man. You know, there is that perhaps rustiness to him that, you know, he, he's been here eight, nine years, whatever it is, and, and, only played a handful of games. He's not used to playing in the Premier League in, in you know week in week out. A bit like Tarkowski towards the end of last season, I guess. Although Tarkowski, he's, he's schooling his backgrounds probably at a, a slightly higher level than than Kevin's because a lot of his games, don't forget, have been on loan at the likes of Roxdale and Portsmouth and, and Accrington Stanley in League Two. So to raise your game consistently. Uh, and by consistently, I don't mean every game, but kind of to be at that level every time you're called upon. And sometimes there may be 10, 12 games between call-ups for the first team starting 11. I think it shows, a, you know, there's a, certainly a degree of, of ability there to be able to kind of, you know, relatively seamlessly come into a side that, you know, isn't conceding very many and, and really hold your own. And perhaps we didn't necessarily see that against Newcastle, lost his man for the goal. Certainly against City, um, again, I thought he was superb against City. You know, against arguably a better group of players uh, in De Bruyne and um, Bernardo Silva and, and and Aguero, who really didn't get too much of a sniff at goal. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair to say, Dan. What what do you think about Long? Do you think it's just you know he's settling in a little bit like Tarkovsky was doing towards the end of last season, and that these sort of mistakes where he, you know he's lost his man, uh, that's bound to happen as he sort of gains his confidence a little bit in playing first-team Premier League football. Yeah, I mean, Long's a weird one for me because, you know, he's obviously been around a long time at the club, but, you know, being under the radar for a lot of that, he was signed by Owen Coyle. He's our longest-tenured player at this point. And, um, you know, he's, he's 27 years old now, and you'd you'd maybe hope that he'd progressed a little more, but he's obviously done enough to stay around the squad. So it's one of those things. He's... he's he probably is just uh he's going to be a, a perennial uh 
uh, backup substitute, you know, ba- uh, backup centre back for his time at Burnley at least, because he's not uh, a standout Premier League quality central defender like uh, Tarks and, and Ben Mee have shown themselves to be. Um, so useful to have in the squad. Uh, will make mistakes because he just doesn't have as much high level experience as as the other other lads at his position. Um, it's, it's, it, you know, it, I I blame I put more blame on the on the board for not for for not uh, getting a central defender over the line when they knew Tarks was injured. And I know we you know we're sniffing around Warrell and. Forrest wanted twenty million, and we were like, "See you then." But uh, we should have had, uh, you know, a couple of of options there that uh, that should have should kept should have kept us, uh, you know, a bit more on solid footing for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think Kevin's been quite unlucky in the way that because he's always been sort of just needed as backup. He's not necessarily had the, the loan opportunities that he maybe needed to push on and develop a little bit. And uh, I think sometimes that shows, you know, he's played very, very little football in the last eight years. Um, but, uh, you know, as as Andrew said, he, he, he stays around the team. He's clearly been good enough to not be shipped out. Um, he's, you know, fallen down the pecking order when Tarkovsky came in, but that's to be expected. I think Tarkovsky obviously a, a really, really good centre-half. Um, as you said there, Dan, I think the real disappointment is that we, we didn't manage to get someone in. Um, I assume, you know, from what's, you know, how Dash works, that maybe there wasn't someone available who sort of fitted what he wants at the club. And I think having listened to the, the podcast he did with Joey Barton, where he talked a lot about what, what he looks for in players, uh, maybe that is it. And maybe there's just not someone on the market that's the right fit for the for the club at the, at the time. And hopefully that's something we'll get sorted in the summer because it's clear that, you know, particularly with the, the centre-half position where it's so easy to pick up cards and suspensions, it, it's really important that we get someone in. Yeah, I think one of, the, one of the things to remember, though, is that Dyche has had a number of transfer windows to get rid of Kevin Long. Um, and there's never really, from what we understand, been a desire to, 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 you know, to get Kevin out of the club, if you will. So I, I think you're right. I think he, you know, Dyche clearly sees something in him. And you know, a number of managers, don't forget, you know, from Coyle, we've had Laws, we've had Howe, We've had Dyche, and he's got new. You know, it's not like you know Dyche signing on a ten-year contract and it'd be too expensive to get rid of him. He signed new contracts under different managers, and you know there is obviously something about him that that those managers see that you know because we don't see training every day that they think actually this lad's you know fairly capable of stepping up. Um, I do think it's a balancing act. I, you know, I do agree with Dyche. I got a bit of stick on Twitter, but I do agree with Dyche that there's no point in bringing in. You know, somebody is uh, just a casual backup um, because a most players don't want to come. You know, not everyone's got the patience of Tarkowski or you know Keane when he came to kind of see the bigger picture. And I also agree that we shouldn't have paid you know huge money for for those players. You know, I'm probably in the minority who says that. Yeah, you know what? I'm quite happy where we are. We'll be honest. Very sticky run, and we're still seventh. You know, that's the thing to remember, um, and still fairly comfortably in that position, um, you know, a little bit up and down maybe, but we're comfortable in that position having got out of this sticky run. So I'd definitely like to see a new centre-half in the summer, probably two centre-halves in the summer. I think we probably should have picked one up in the last two windows, but 
you know, you've you've got to get that right mix. And clearly, Dyche's teams work with that kind of really fine, fine balance between, you know, ego and and, and teamwork. And maybe there isn't anyone at this at this moment aside from Holding and uh, and Warrell who, who fitted that bill. I think it's key to remember that sometimes maybe fans forget uh, picking up a player is not really like walking to Tesco and uh, you know getting a, a loaf of bread for the week. Um, it's just not they're not quite that available. It's uh, particularly not when you've you've got the uh, set of criteria that that Dash has probably got for the individual as well as the you know the, the player as a player. Um, just the last thing on the Newcastle game to talk about our equaliser. Um, Obviously, great to see some at so last minute, as we said before. It's like coming away with a win almost. But do you think it's harsh, uh, Dan, that it's, it's being given to Dolo as an own goal rather than to, to Sam Volks when really it's you know, it was always going in, it, it's come off the bar and hit the keeper and really you should just probably give it the striker. The keeper definitely doesn't want that against his name, does he? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is Volks is not in the, in the golden boot running. So... Vox will take confidence from it. He'll know that he made the move and scored the goal. Uh, it doesn't matter really what goes in the record books, I don't think, unless uh, unless you had a, a couple of quid on at the bookies. Andrew, do you, what do you reckon? Do you think it should be given to the striker or the, the keeper has an own goal in that sort of situation? Yeah, I think they get a bit too obsessed with the dubious goals panel kind of making it. You know, saying, oh, it's Darlow's own goal. Like, you know, talking to your dad about this on Sunday morning, no goalkeeper wants an oggy next to their name. So, like Dan said, though, I think, you know, Sam Vokes knows it's his goal. Um, you know, it's kind of, he's falling backwards, he's Darlow. So, Darlow's not not keeping that ball out. Um, you know, if Darlow's not there, it's probably bounced on the line and in. So, yeah, I'd give it to Sam Vokes, but I don't think I don't think anyone will be losing too much sleep over, uh, um, over it whatsoever. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the way he's falling backwards, having made the initial save, he, he doesn't really know a lot about it, and there's, you know, no chance he's getting out of the way. That so, for me, definitely give it to the striker. Um, so moving on from the Newcastle game to the the City game, I think really the the highlight of the podcast, the, the one everyone's probably going to want to talk about. Really hard fought point to to come away uh, against the team who are obviously running away with the league uh, and, and looked every bit uh, the the team that should be winning the league. Andrew, do you think we were a good value for the point? Yeah, I thought we were very good value. I think, you know, Dice described it perfectly well in the press conference afterwards about that kind of, you know, if you stay in a game like that against a team like that, you know, you, you do deserve whatever you'll get. You know, there'd be a, you know, there's a hell of a lot of teams out there who've been, you know, on the wrong side of a spanking by uh, Manchester City in the league. And, you know, I think it's to our credit that, you know, with the injuries that we've got, and, you know, we're not just talking Tarkowski, but talking about the wider picture, you know, to still be in that game and really not, you know, possession aside, that much, you know, there wasn't that much in it in the way of chances. You know, Pope perhaps had uh, the shot from De Bruyne straight down his throat and uh, the one from Danilo. But if you look at the chances, we had Ben Mee had two good chances. Perhaps, you know, if that, that first one, the volley falls to a Jeff Hendrick or, you know, any, anybody other than a central defender not wanting to, you know, do Ben Mee out of a, uh, a living. But, you know, you almost think he makes it more difficult for the goalkeeper. Um, and then the sensational save from uh, from Edison from um, from Lennon. Chances wise, you know, I know City had more chances and you know more shots on target. It was fairly routine, 
I'd say, compared to the chances we had. So, yeah, definitely good value. I think, you know, again, picking up that, that point late on, 82nd minute, 83rd minute, whatever it was, I think he's really kind of um, good for the momentum going forward into the Swansea game. I think it was an interesting game in that sense, actually. While it was a, a 1-1, there was a lot more chances in the game than the the, the scoreline would probably suggest. Um, Dan, what did you think about the you know the way we went about the game? I, I thought we were excellent. Uh, you know, we're on this, uh, air quotes, winless run um, since Stoke, but that that was up there with the performances of the season. I mean, you don't, you don't get a, a point out of City easily at all. They're right now up there with the best in the world. Uh, they have the they have in De Bruyne the best midfielder in the world right now, uh, and we we uh, we met them. You know, we 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 really did meet them. And uh, other than the uh, the Liverpool game, there won't have been many league games that uh, City played this season that will uh, prove as difficult as coming to Burnley. Uh, just all around excellent team performance and uh, a real a real Sean Dyche performance and you know it's if it stays one nil you've always got a chance and and that's how we play and just did not give up grafted uh, there was some some excellent uh, it was really encouraging to see a lot of ec- excellent movement on our part and a lot of creativity. Uh, Lennon bought a, you know a lot of that, uh, and uh, and Goodmanson uh, something something about uh, having Lennon on the side. I don't know. It freed up Goodmanson, and he had an excellent game too. So all around, just uh, a, a really fantastic performance. And and like we said earlier, against pretty much any other team in the league, uh, Burnley come out of that with uh, with three points. Yeah, I think it was a, a massive performance um, against a team that, like I said, one of the one of the best in the world easily. Um, and you know, you you could you could see them winning uh, every tournament they're involved in. Um, I think what you mentioned there about creativity is really important as well because obviously with uh, Defoe out the side, I think people were worried that we were going to lose that little bit of a spark. But like you said, Lennon uh, did step up, and we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit uh, a little bit later on. Um, the first goal. It's hard really to know what to say about it. It's just absolutely sensational um, to see a you know a full back in that position just strike a ball so cleanly. Um, Andrew, is there a keeper around who's keeping that out? No, I don't think there is. I think you know he, he kind of he hits it you know so far away from Nick Paul. You know it's, it's wonderful technique. I mean, it's, it, you know we we're talking about. Burnley fullbacks a little bit earlier is that kind of you know that's what that kind of money gets you um you know if I'm going to be hypercritical I do think he you know he had you know all the space he needed to to kind of take that ball under control set his shot up like I say that's being hypercritical um you know it's, it's the one bit where I think we were a bit slow at getting out to him um and I think if we do get out to him a bit quicker he perhaps doesn't have time to set himself uh, as sweetly as he did but yeah certainly from a goalkeeping point of view I'm I'm struggling, you know, to see even a De Gea or his own teammate Edison keeping that out. It's that far, um, you know, that 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 much power and that that far into that corner that it just it, it looks fantastic on on every replay I see. Really, I think that's a, a good point about the, the hypercriticalness. It, 
I did think at the time that we maybe gave him a little bit too much time and I thought it was a, a little bit uncharacteristic for our side since we normally like to close down pretty quick and we did give him that moment just to, to tee it up. But Dan, uh, is that the goal of the season that, that we've seen in a in, in a Burnley game? or uh, It was definitely spectacular. Um, it was just one of those really jammy like well not not jammy obviously it was well honed crafted straight off the training pitch trick play uh you know it's, it's twice in a week now that city have come away with one of those trick play goals with the with the de bruyne's free kick last week as well uh just you know give them credit for it fantastic goal um not many keepers are saving that unless they're just in the right position at the right time uh, you can't be too disappointed, but yeah, maybe we could have closed down a bit better. Shouldn't have got all that space, got a mat, got a buddy in front. Uh, but it's just not one of those things you're expecting. You, you're expecting it to maybe swing in and they want company to get on the end of it. So uh, caught us off guard and uh, fair play to him. Yeah, I think we've said it before on the podcast that part of what's made Burnley so successful defensively is we we give people low percentage shots. So while we do face a lot of shots, they, they're from low percentage areas. And I'd say that's from a pretty low percentage area. So uh, an absolutely top finish to, to, to pull it out. Um, obviously, we said Nick Pope's got no chance there. I thought it was a, 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 another great performance from him. Um, and the, the point I want to make here just is that surely even if Heaton makes it back uh, this season now, surely he's... It's his shirt now. Yeah, I think Tom will know that. I think Tom's a you know smart enough lad, and you know an honest enough lad to to look and go. Yeah, you know what? I think Pope has earned earned the right to you know to be that automatic choice. I don't think it's very dice to kind of drop Pope just because um, you know just because Heaton's back. I think you know Heaton's a fabulous keeper, but um, and I, I just think Pope has, has has really stepped up. I look at the kind of. Um, the Palace game, I think it was when he came in, he looked, he looked really nervous. He's, you know, first kick out of play and, you know, looked nervous. Then he made that save, I think it was second half, and Ben Teke made himself massive. Uh, and from there, he's just, you know, he really has been a, a bit of a star. I think, you know, might be critical of him at Leicester. I think he pushes the ball out to Damari Gray. Um, but other than that, I'm struggling to see where you can, you can, you can fault him and to keep the amount of clean sheets that he's kept. Um, as somebody with no Premier League experience, I think he's uh, yeah, like you say, definitely earned that uh, that that number one starting spot. Yeah, I think it it's important to to just to mention how out of the blue he's come. You know, a lot of our fans haven't really had a chance to see him, and really he was back up to a backup last season. Uh, sort of got the performance out of him this season that we have. It's sensational. I'd say maybe for me, the only criticism you could have of his players is his kicking's not quite as good as Heaton's. Um, but he, I think he makes up for it with some of the saves he's made. Dan, do you reckon it'll be Pope's shirt when Heaton's back? Yeah, I'm going to have to... Uh eat crow on this one because I think I, on a, a podcast early in the year I was like well no it's it's Tom Heaton's shirt Tom Heaton is, is an England goalkeeper and it's not dash way to uh, for you to, to lose your shirt just because you're injured but because I think uh, Heaton's injuries been so, so sustained for so long I think it, I think it's actually just a case of we don't need to rush Heaton back you know it, it's one of those things where if you if you did have a really dodgy backup 
um, you'd 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 maybe rush the rehab a bit and and get them back a bit earlier. But I think with Heaton, we can just take our time, and he it might take you know till just before the end of the season for him to to get back and fit. And so it's it's not it's not going to be a huge headache uh, when when Heaton's fit. I think that's the thing. Uh, and uh, you know the thing we do have to worry about now is. Uh, is people coming in for for Pope in the summer potentially because he's he's shown himself to be one of the the best keepers in this league, uh, even on you know a pretty short sample. But he's he's extremely young. He's but he's he's got all the he's got all the attributes. Um, really reminds me of uh, you know uh, you, you think of when like De Gea came into to United and he was this you know lanky skinny lad. Um, He's he's a lot better than when De Gea came into United, and so if he can go on to have that sort of career, he's I think he'll be at, you know def. He's, I mean he's he's definitely in the conversation for England. Yeah, I think it's important to to mention uh, from that that heat and yeah, it's maybe a case of not wanting to rush him back. Shoulder injuries, obviously, it's a, an area that gets a, a lot of. Uh, abuse for goalkeepers so not something you really want to uh, put under strain too soon and you know Nick Pope's been fantastic and I think he, he'd, he'd well deserve to, to keep his spot and keeping two keepers happy going forward after that could be difficult and that might be the leverage that some teams use to try and uh, snatch one away from us um, I think one of the big things from the City game was obviously we saw Barzi go off uh, injured unfortunately at half time but that brought Matt Lawton back into the team and I think that was part of what well, to me, felt like part of what made us look so much better in the second half, Andrew. I just thought Lawton was so dynamic um, and teamed with Lennon switching sides. It just seemed to really click and, and we saw some absolutely excellent football down that right-hand side. Yeah, I think we touched on it earlier. I think uh, Matty Lawton's a, a much a much more attack-minded um, you know, full-back. He certainly offers you a little bit more going going forward. Um, he's very strong defensively. I think you know there was a couple of couple of a couple of blocks. I think he blocked from uh, Aguero once when Aguero jinxed into the box a little bit. So you know both sides of his game, I think, just have a little bit you know a bit more calmness to it. And it's a it's incredible ball in for uh, for Goodmanson um, to to get the equaliser. He's, you know he's only he's halfway inside the city half and he, he fires that ball off and. You know, I, I can't see a Bardsley doing that. I don't, I'm, you know, it's not Bardsley's game, isn't that? But it is Loughton's game. I think it's almost it, it is our game this season. You know, I think I'd like to see Charlie Taylor uh, get himself forward a bit more. I think we saw that on on Saturday. I just think with with two out and out wingers in in Goodmanson and and Lennon now, um, as opposed to a kind of a, a right midfielder or a left midfielder, as I, I see our field as rather than actual out and out winger. I think having a good good link up and a good partnership with a fullback is is absolutely crucial, and certainly that switch uh, at half time to, to to put Lennon and um, and and uh, Joanne on on two diff- on the on the different wings, shall I say? Um, I, I think it was a bit of a masterstroke, really, and I think it just gave gave us that impetus, especially in that last twenty five minutes. Yeah, I thought it, it it worked out really nicely in the second half there, and it's a fantastic cross for the for the goal uh, and as you said there were several blocks as soon as he came on he started having an impact um, Dan what did you think of the, the difference after the, the change at half time yeah it was it was it was 
you know, it's obviously uh, a shame that uh, it, it was as a result of an injury, but it was uh, it, it just changed it completely for us. And to uh, you know, the, the our best successes have been built on uh, having the fullbacks attacking and, and overlapping with the wingers, and we've we've developed some great partnerships there. Both this season, uh, though disrupted because of you know Brady being an injury, he had a great partnership going there with Ward, uh, and we've had the in seasons past as well, and it's really been the the spark uh, of our, our attack. Uh, you know, Voxy and um, Barnes, they're not the type of players that just pull goals out of thin air. They need service, and uh, with the uh, with the shape that we were showing in the second half, um, Lennon and Goodmanson and 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 Lawson and and, uh, and Taylor providing you know some some overlaps just looked so much more of an attacking threat. And like I said, against a weaker side, they'll be putting much better balls in and and getting uh, you know a good couple of goals out of it. Yeah, no, I thought it, it's harsh to say, but Bardsley obviously getting a getting an injury. I hope it's not serious. I hope he's not out for a very long period. But it has opened the door to, to get Lawton back in, which is something that the fans were, you know, really, really desperate for. And I think it's it's paid off in the second half there. Um, you know, he set up the goal. It's a great cross. And um, I think it might just help us be uh, a little bit more attacking in games coming forward. So to move on to someone we've sort of mentioned there anyway, Aaron Lennon, um, home debut. Um, I thought in the first half he was reasonably quiet though we did see a little glimpse where he uh, he showed Carl Walker what he was still capable of um, but second half as soon as he switched sides oh, he was sensational and um, I think you know the, the class he has uh, and the teams he's played for in the past really shone through and he's only not scored on his home debut because of a fantastic save for Medicine uh, Dan what did you what did you think of Lennon's performance? Yeah when he uh, when he sent uh when he sent Carl Walker to the shops, I was I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's Aaron Lennon. Uh, you know, I haven't seen a whole lot of him in in recent seasons. I was like, oh yeah, no, that's he's a very very good player, very pacey. Doesn't seem to have lost much of a step, if anything. Uh, you know, not did find a, a lot of uh, a lot of end product in this game, but that's very tough against a side like City, but. There was just so much more of a spark. Um, we've got a real, uh, true winger uh, to 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 replace Brady. Uh, well, not replace Brady, but you know, cover while Brady's out, and then we've got a lot more uh, uh, options on the wing. Uh, so he was fantastic, and yeah, like great strike that uh, was only stopped by an even greater save. Um, but no, it's very exciting time. Very exciting. I can't wait to see what he can do uh, against Swansea. Yeah, I think he's the type of winger that we've not had uh, at Turf Moor. Well, obviously, that quite at that level uh, ever. Um, but for I think he's, he's just exactly what we've all been crying out for for a while. Someone who's direct can go at people uh, and has that little bit of magic in, in his locker to to beat a man and, and create something. And um, I think against Swansea, obviously, it's going to be very interesting to to see what he can do there because it's a team who are struggling at the, you know, near the bottom end of the table. He's not playing against someone who were uh, running away with the league. Um, and it could 
it's going to be good to see whether maybe we can score a few more goals because that's been a a bit of a problem for us this season, uh, scoring goals. And going on to that, that strike he had and Edison's save, I thought Edison made some fantastic saves in the game. Um, and he's probably made a real difference to the City side this year. Um, what did you think of his performance, Dan? Because as well as making the saves, he's got that ability to play with his feet that, personally, if we had a keeper doing that at Turf Moor, it'd terrify me. Um but it clearly works for City and it allows them to be so much more varied than a, a lot of other teams are. Yeah, no, he, he's, he's, he's fantastic. He's very much, I think he's definitely the keeper Pep Guardiola wish he'd started his time at, at City with. Um, I think if you if Claudio Bravo starts that game, then Burnley win. So, uh, no, he was fantastic, and uh, I think one of the one of the commentators on the on the American commentary anyway was saying Edison looked like he could just stroll into the middle of the park and start playing there. Uh, yeah, very very impressive performance from him, uh, and he's been he's been pretty decent all season. Uh, probably Liverpool game aside, um, yeah. Uh, not much more to say than that. And uh, <laughs> it's it's a shame that he was so good against us. Yeah, I think eventually he's probably going to make a mistake, though. There's only so many times you can play those short passes uh, between yourself and your defenders when you've got strikers sniffing around before uh, someone nicks it and, and puts it in the net. But he, he's sensational to watch. It's definitely uh, not something I've seen before. Um, but going from sensational to watch to just sensational... Uh, I think Raheem Sterling had the the best opportunity of the game, including the the goals, um, and he misses it. Dan, how do you think he managed to miss from four yards there? I have no idea. It, you know what it reminded me of, and I, I, I tweeted a picture of it after the game was Chris Willemo's miss for Scotland against I think it was Norway, and it's, it's just right next. It's an open goal, <laughs> and it's hard. It's one of those ones where it's harder to miss. And uh, comical reaction by Sterling. He's like, it takes him a couple of seconds to realize he's missed, and then pounds the 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 pitch like uh, he's having a little tantrum. Uh, and then subs shortly after that. Uh, you know, I I enjoy it any time a, a player comes to turf more and, and leaves unhappy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Raheem Sterling will leave uh, will have left the turf very unhappy uh, on on Saturday. When you say that. It- you just don't understand how he's managed to score the number of goals he has or how he justified his fee. I think um, I'd be pretty annoyed with myself if I'd missed that and uh, I'm definitely not anywhere near Premier League level uh, when it comes to playing football. Um, most important thing maybe to talk about from the game then, uh, the goal. Um, it's a hell of a cross from, from Matt Lawton uh, and Goodmanson just comes on to it and, and, and does what he needs to put it away, even though Edison got a, got a hand to it and almost made another great save to deny us, Dan. Uh, what did you think about the the goal? Just one of those ones, I think, that as soon as Lawton hits it, you, you've got a feeling that could be the, the magic moment. Yeah, no, I, I, I've sensed that goal coming. Uh, I really did. Um, like I said, like as, as as long as it was one nil, and just the way that we were pressing, like we were we were playing high up and we were pressing Manchester City, which can't really be uh, you know understated. Uh, yeah, great ball in by Lawton just showed that he's uh, he's 
uh, is going to add that spark to to our attack. And uh, you know, Gummonson getting a goal that he's he's deserved for a while now. He's just put in so many uh, excellent performances on the wing to. Not a lot of uh, end product, but it was it was great to 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 see him get on 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 the sheet, and uh, I think uh, I think uh, an Iceland shirt might be uh, in 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 my summer purchases uh, as as my uh, as my adopted team for the summer. I think uh, Goodmanson just he's been playing really well. I, I think you know we said it previous in the podcasts. Um, he's done really well, obviously, to stay fit this season and, and staying fit has probably been key. It's made a, a massive difference. Um, last thing from the Man City game, even though Natalie isn't here, she still managed to, to contribute a little bit. She tweeted a picture of um, Ben Mee tackling uh, Bernardo Silva from the game, asking you to put your captions in. And uh, I've picked my favourite from the many I got. Uh, so thanks Natalie for tagging me in that. And, she did tell me to make sure I kept it on my radar, uh, which was impossible not to do, considering all that is in my mentions from the weekend is uh, people giving me captions. Uh, so the, the one I've picked is uh, from Lee Burgess. Um, he said, you aren't getting in here with trainers on, pal. Um, pretty good. There, there was many along that, those sort of lines. So thanks for all your uh, tweets. And, and uh, I'm not sure whether Natalie will be doing that again in the future. Yeah, but there's probably not. And 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 just and just on that one, like an honourable honourable credit to the official Burnley uh, Twitter account today that has been tweeting out some fantastic uh, memes and uh, photoshops of, of of that photograph. Uh, well worth checking out if you haven't seen them already. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I did quite like the I think the original when they did the Super Bowl one, and uh, just fitted in quite nice, very topical, uh, decent work there. And obviously, the, the photos probably got mileage to pop up many times in the future um, so quickly just before we talk about the the next game and close the podcast out injuries um, obviously Defoe just before the Newcastle game we heard was going to miss the rest of the season uh, needing knee surgery they're really starting to stack up now and with Bardsley getting injured on Saturday is it concerning Dan that we might not make it to the end of the season with enough people to, to put out a competitive first 11 uh, I'm not worried at all. I mean, it, it could it could feasibly be a, a thing where we're playing like players that you would just not ever see, you know, in the starting eleven. Never, you know, even on the bench. But we're at 36 points uh, at the beginning of February. We need a, a draw and a win, and we're safe. And and that's priority number one. And if we're if we have terrible luck with injuries, uh, I still think we can easily pull that off. So I'm I'm. You know that's that's goal number one, and and I still think we'll achieve that even if uh, if we we get into a bit more trouble with injuries. It's not good to say. I really wish we'd have got a, f- a few more reinforcements in in January, but January is a very expensive time to get reinforcements. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. I'm not I'm not too I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I think like you said, January is a tough window to to be buying in. Um, it's disappointing, but I'd say we're safe. Um, it's just that. It obviously be a, a little bit uh, disappointing if it was injuries that were to to stop our opportunity to cement a place in the top ten and uh, you know complete the magical season. Um, but uh, it is what it is. Football's a, a tough game. 
and they hopefully uh, there's a few people who will be coming back soon. Stephen Ward obviously played today for the under twenty threes, so uh, he's maybe not too far away, and that that brings Charlie Taylor, uh, you know, maybe coming out of the side, but he can play centre half, I believe. So there's maybe a little bit of flexibility, and there's a couple of people who can maybe play out of position, and uh, I'm sure we'll manage to to, to muddle on. Um, so next game up is uh, Swansea at the weekend. Um, other than I think the obvious one that Lawton's going to keep his play uh, keep his play from the second half with uh, Barsley injured. Dan, do you make any changes to the side, or do you stick with the, the tried and true that did so well against City? Yeah, he's not going to mess with that lineup, and uh, nor should he. Uh, I would I would start with the uh, with the with the side that started the second half and keep the same formation, and uh, I would I would say boys go go show what you can do you know get creative uh, express yourselves and uh, we should we should this should be this is the real target game this is where we get back to winning ways there's no there's no excuse for not winning this one in, in my eyes yeah I, I think that's that was the last point i was going to make just to round it out on a very positive note you know surely this is the game where we we get our win um and and, and put that that winless run behind us which i think it's been a, a bit unfair. I mean, you look back to some of the wingless ones we've had over the last, uh, well, over over my lifetime at least. Obviously, this, the Steve Cottrell one sticks out in the memory. Um, the football back then wasn't really particularly exciting. I think if you look at the games where we've not we've failed to win, there's been some really good games in there. There's been some games that you know we're very unlucky. Manchester United away. Um, Liverpool were pretty hard done by to to, to lose, um, and I think you look at all these games and you see the quality of opposition as well, uh, and the fact that I think we probably went into that run in seventh and we finished that we you know at this point in that run still in seventh, just shows how amazing this season's been, uh, and also just how expectations have changed. Because if you'd said to people we'd be disappointed that we've uh, you know gone so long without out of win and we've played Spurs, Man United, Liverpool, Man City, all in that spell. You you would have uh, you probably would have laughed if someone had said that before the season. So Yeah, I mean it's definitely been Yeah, and obviously results matter. Um but so do performances. And so at this point I've just seen Burnley pull out one of the best performances of this season. So that's that's why I, I I'm not worried at all. If if it was a if it was a winless run and we were just underwhelming the whole time fine but you look at the games we played and and some of those results are results to be extremely proud of and get gain momentum from so really the 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 dream season is is continuing for me even though we haven't haven't won in in a good while we've picked up points we've picked up very very hard points every point matters and uh and we'll uh and we we will get that win against Swansea. I'm very confident of that. Yeah, I think it, it's one of those things. It looks bad on paper, but um, if you've if you've watched all those games, like uh, Burnley fans will have done, and you know s- some members in the media, then you'll see that it's really not as bad as it as it looks. Um, and I think that just off the top of my head, the only performance I can think of in that spell that it was really disappointing was the the Palace game. So beyond that, I think we've we've given a good account of ourselves in every game. Maybe there's a couple where but if we'd been more efficient in front of goal, we would have taken all three points, but I don't think there's too much to grumble about really with where we are. Um, 
So that's about all we've got time for this week on the podcast. Um, we'll be back next week um, to talk about the Swansea game, which will hopefully, as we've just said, be the game that ends that that run uh, of, of games without a win. Um, I've been James Bird. Uh, massive thanks to, to Daniel Bentley and Andrew Grews for joining me uh, this week. Um, I think Natalie will be back next week. Uh, it'll be a bit of an interesting podcast next week because I'm going to be recording it in the, the US. So hopefully I've seen the game on the Saturday um, and we'll hopefully be talking about a win. Um, in the meantime, uh, make sure you check us out on social media, None uh, and Ever on Twitter and None and Ever on Facebook. Uh, if you've got any thoughts, send us an email, podcast at noneandever.net. Um, and I look forward to doing another podcast for you next week. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.